The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Well, we put up a fight anyway in New York. A street brawl, yes it was, but we gave it up. We're going to talk about that and more here on show 392. All right, Raider Nation, on this show, Gruden ain't coming. No, he ain't coming back. I'm going to tell you why. There's a recent article about Gruden going into the Raiders or the Falcons. Nate, I say, going to hit on that. And, of course, the postgame for the G-Men. Yeah, the Raiders went to New York. They fought a good fight, but uh, they fell over themselves. I'll tell you why. I don't know why, but I know they did. And a pregame for the Houston Texans. Boy, oh boy, is this a winnable contest. And yes, I hate it when I say stuff like that. We've got to hit on that. And the bone line, don't be discouraged, Raider Nation. After this show, I hope you feel just a bit better. Well, Raider Nation, as much as I would love to see Chucky scowling down the sideline, giving the stink eye to whoever he needs to, with that uh, that look, that feeling, the charisma that is John Gruden, trust me, I would love it if he came to Oakland, but I just don't think he's going to. Recently, there was an article about John Gruden going to either the Raiders or or the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this article stated that uh, John Gruden would leave his $4 million a year job. You know, he could because, um, well, he loves the game of football, and if it didn't work out, he could always go back to the booth. They would take him back in a heartbeat. He'd be in the seat before it got cold after him leaving the first time if that was the case. But if John Gruden wants to go somewhere, And this article says he would rather go to the Raiders or the Falcons. I know he'd like to come to the Raiders. I have no doubt that he would love to come and be Chucky of old. But, you know, in reality, if he's going to go back in the league, he'll have a choice of some better teams. Listen, he could go to Miami. Right now, the coach is on the damn hot seat and uh, the general manager, too, so he could take the big job. He could also go to New York and uh, where, where Tom Coughlin might be retiring. And he's got Eli Manning there, uh, right there, also a good quarterback in the league and a team he could rebuild in a very short time. Now, the Falcons, look, the Falcons look like they could be rebuilt too. But the problem with that idea is that the owner of the Falcons, the uh, Home Depot king, His very best confidant in the NFL, the guy that runs the show for him, got kicked out of his job when John Gruden went to Tampa Bay. So here you have a guy that's got the ear of the owner, and I mean big time. They're they're wrapped up close. 
and he got booted out of his dream job by John Gruden when he came in and took over the office? Well, I don't know if John's going to go to Atlanta just for that reason. And it would take a big, big, big bunch of something to make that deal go through. So Oakland. Now, Oakland is a team that's in transition. It's got a general manager who's insecure. I don't think he's secure at all. I don't think he's secure in his job or uh, in in a lot of things, by the way. But, you know, John wouldn't come here because we just don't have the team yet. He'll have to come here when we have the quarterback, the quarterback of the future, the guy that's going to make him get another Super Bowl ring. And that is where he wants to go. Boy, I would love it if John came here, but it just doesn't make any sense to me if he had his choice of all those other franchises uh, that have really, really upside and good, good potential to come to Oakland when we're just at the beginning of a rebuilding phase. So who knows? I'd love it to happen, but I just don't see it happening for some reason. Plus a $4 million gig for working a couple days a week. Come on, man. Who would give that up for a 24-hour-a-day grind like the NFL? But he did say he missed it. And another thing, man, everybody who's in it, coaching, players, when they leave it, it's very devastating, and they miss it dearly. Trust me. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, it was a very winnable game, but the Raiders fall to the G-Men in New York. Let's talk about it just a bit. Raiders kick it off with Janikowski. We're underway at MetLife. Scooped up by Jernigan. Oh, he coughs up the football. Turnover, Andre Holmes. The Giants give it away right out of the gate. And special teams have been a big, big problem for the Giants all season. What a horrible way to start. It's a terrible kickoff by Janikowski. But Jernigan gets hit right there, and ball pops right into the hands of Holmes. Looked like Holmes could have scored by cutting back here, but he decided to stay down the sidelines and put his team at the five-yard line. Janikowski was in obvious pain because of the rib trouble, and somehow that kickoff led to a turnover, and the Raiders open up first and goal from the five. Handed off to Jennings up the middle. Jennings, a spin move to the goal line. And just short. Four-yard gain for Rashad Jennings, starting for the injured Darren McFadden. Second and goal, extra offensive lineman for Oakland. Pryor pushing the pile. He's in. Touchdown, Raiders. Just like that. Oakland on the board after the Jernigan fumble off the kickoff. And real smart play selection here by the Raiders. Pryor goes six foot six. Doesn't have to do a whole lot to get into the end zone. You can see the ball breaks the plane right there before he gets pushed back. Disastrous start for the Giants and just what the Raiders need coming all the way to the East Coast. I got to give a game ball to the D. The defense came big time. They played great football. Manning straight back. Manning under pressure. Manning is dumped. Back at the 20. Hunter and Moore combined to bring down Eli Manning. 
Very creative blitz called by Jason Tarver. We've seen two blitzes now get to Manning for big losses. Porter's pick six, his 10th, and he's already picked him off, Eli and his brother Peyton. On first down, Manning rifles, intercepted, pick six coming, Tracy Porter, touchdown. Porter has done it against another Manning in his life. Well, that's 10 interceptions that Tracy Porter has returned for a touchdown. None easier than this one. Manning trying to beat the blitz, rushes the pass, and it turns into seven the other way for Oakland. What a great game by the defense this year. And special teams had some wins and had some losses. I think that was a wash, but I, I think our special teams was better all the way around. Khalif frickin' Barnes. Get this bum out of Oakland. He is a frickin' penalty machine. He has been since he started playing for the Raiders. Why? I mean... Is it worth those 10-yard penalties? What is it, 85 yards in the game? Or was it more? I think it was 85. All the crucial moments where our sputtering offense had just enough oomph to try to make it into the red zone. <laughs> Once again, we had like a, a third and 38 from penalties and sacks, by the way. From our quarterback, which might as well start on this too. Is this guy ever going to learn to throw the goddamn ball away? I mean, I know it's it can't just be me. If you look at his passer rating, his passer rating is around what Jamarcus Russell, his quarterback rating, <laughs> was. I mean, compared to Brooks and Culpepper, he's not as good. He is a great athlete i like how he plays he plays his ass off and he was injured in this game he had a bad knee it showed because he didn't have any explosive runs really he had a couple but he was real tender with that leg our wide receivers drop the balls yes they do but if you have a quarterback like drew Brees, my grandmother could catch a 15 yard pass you know that and i hate to say it as I gag, even Tom Brady makes ordinary guys look like superstars. You know, I don't know. The jury's still out on prior for me. I mean, he does a great job for what we have. It's a great combination, him, our weak offensive line. Uh, we got Rashad Jennings, 88 yards, man. That's a great game. He's a beast. Our good friend Rashad Jennings joining us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Rashad Jennings. Yesterday had 88 on the ground. The last two, 35 for 190 mm. and a touchdown. He's been running the ball well. Hi, Rashad. How are you? Hey. How y'all doing? Thanks for having We're me on good, the show. good, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for time. coming back. We appreciate it. All right. I want, to, I want to get into a bunch of good stuff because you played really well yesterday, but we got to talk about the thing that's probably maybe kept you up at night. You had that goal line carry and Antrell roll caught you. What, what, tell us what happened there. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it, it was a good play on his behalf, you know. Um, yeah, it's 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 frustrating not being able to punch the ball in. But um, I think on that particular drive, um, if you're talking about when we got it, uh, quick turnover, real quick uh, on special teams, 
um, you know, fell short, but we did capitalize and, and uh, ended that drive with a touchdown. So, you know, I'll put a lot of onus on myself to punch it in, especially um, when, a, when a lineman do a good job of opening up a hole. So, you know, it's one of those ones you always wish you had back. No, I think he's, he's what John's talking about. Actually, the play you're talking about. I thought you scored right after right, right after Holmes picked it, picked up the loose ball on the kickoff and ran it back uh, to the five yard line. I thought you scored on that first carry to the goal line. But what the play that John's talking about was the long drive to start the third quarter, and it was a second and three run. And I thought you scored, but Roll just got you around the ankles, Rashad, and dropped you on the one or two. And then you had the ball first and goal at the one. You never did score, and Seabass kicked the field goal, but. Uh, where, where did Roll get you on that play? Because it looked like he got you low around the ankles and just tripped you up shy of the goal line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was running through his running through his tackle, and he slipped down on the back side of my leg and, and was wrapped around my hip, and I couldn't extend. Um, yeah, I was twisted up pretty good, and you know, it, 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 that was frustrating. But I know, you know, that was a play we needed to make sure we get a first down. You know, yeah. first down and goal yep. on a on a goal line. Uh, I think it was one or two yards ago. Uh, that, that's exciting. And, um, you know, not to be able to come out with the touchdown, um, that was frustrating. Uh, Rashad Jennings, good enough to join us. Raiders running back had 20 carries, 88 yards, and the 24-20 loss to the uh, Giants. Just just by and large, what, what was the plane ride back like? Because you guys have come really close. You guys have had opportunities on the road. Started in Indy. You've had a lot of, you know, obviously the Philly game, you got blown out. But the rest of these games have been really close. What was it like coming back? Yeah, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Um, there's no moral victories. We, we've, we've never seen anything that way. Um, and when you come down to the wire, and we understand that, you know, most games in the National Football League do come down to the wire, the last play, the last last drive, one or two mistakes. Um, and we kick ourselves in the butt, you know, because when we look at the tape and, 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 and we we don't take care of the things that we can control, um, that's, that's, what, that's what hurts. You know, those, the holdings, they happen every now and again. You know, the pass interference, those type of the physical um, aspect of the game, those kind of penalties happen. But when we're jumping off sides, lining up in the wrong formation or delay a game, anything like that, uh, you know, we, we take that personal because that's that's messing up before the snap. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought you played personally, Rashad, uh, terrific. You broke so many tackles yesterday and had so many yards after contact. Uh, one thing we did notice was the quarterback was under center more, and you were in the traditional eye-back set with an offset fullback or a true eye. Uh, why the change? Not as much pistol yesterday. Was that because of Terrell's uh, bulky knee going into the game, or why, why was he the quarterback under center more yesterday? I think that I think that's what I um, also kind of saw, uh, you know, a little bit more benefits in being a uh, more traditional offense from time to time. But um, you know, as 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 the game progresses, um, you know, you try to find little things that the defenses can on and put them in particular fronts. And um, you know, I think we just saw uh, some fits that yeah. that it kind of helped our offense out. Rashad Jennings joining us, Raiders running back at Rashad Jennings. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, did you sense as the game went on that uh, that Terrell just wasn't moving as well because of that knee? Um, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't at all. Um, you know that you stay so focused. I think every player does. Uh, they stay dialed in into doing their job. Um, that you really sometimes you, you know you don't get a chance to scan the field and watch. 
Um, so, you know, I know, I know, I do know this for a fact that uh, Pryor uh, um, is just going to play his tail off every single week. Um, he, he's, you know, after the game, uh, him and uh, he was one of the guys that was in the cold tub with me after the game, um, you know, talking over the game. And, you know, I know he works hard, and I know he's going to make sure he's going to give 100% every week. And um, so we, we question him none. And, you know, his uh, health, his health is, is, is a non-issue, and he's going to continue to work hard. Um, so, but, you know, it's, it's not all on him. It's, it's 10 other guys out on the field. You know, we got to make the catch. We got to make the blocks. We got to stay on side. Um, and I got to continue to run hard and, you know, those type of things collectively to get a win. And you ran hard. You yeah. were running over people. You were churning out yards. Uh, we heard a little rumor before the game, and Lincoln Kennedy reported it uh, right before kickoff on the air. And I read about it today that Charles Woodson actually wanted to, he asked for permission from the coaching staff to address you guys before the game. If you could, could you share with us what, what Charles told you guys before the kickoff? Yeah, it was just, uh, you know, reminding us that it has a start, man. You know, we, we can't have these um, constant excuses, constant looking in the film room, what ifs. Um, you know, th- this game is important. You know, it's a privilege to play, play this game. And, and the fact of the game is, you know, you win and and guys going to remain. You lose and guys disappear. And that's just the truth. And, um, you know, our time is ticking. And as soon as we started this game, it was ticking. We got seven more games. You know, that's that's not that many. And we got to turn this thing around yesterday. So, you know, everybody's. Uh, today, watching film, critiquing themselves, looking at themselves in the mirror, uh, seeing what they can do personally to, uh, to make sure we come back in these games. Because after every game, there's always going to be corrections. I don't care if you win 100 to nothing. There's going to be something you could have done better. But there's a whole heck of a lot better watching the film with the victory correcting than, than the L. So um, just really harping on understanding that our time is ticking. Great stuff. Rashad, thanks as always for your time. We really appreciate it. Nice game, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. I appreciate thanks, it. Man. Always appreciate give it. honor to God. You got it, man. Thank you. Uh, at Rashad Jennings. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Forget about DMC. He's gone. He's gone. Goodbye. See you later. But the Raiders had a chance to win this game. You know, we let the Giants at the end get two first downs and not allow our offense to get on the field again. I thought we'd have another chance. But they just ran the ball with Brown, by the way, this guy I told you about in the last show, right down our throat. You know, this guy looked like some kind of a you know, Reggie Bush. I mean, gosh. So <laughs> we lost the game and shouldn't have. I don't know too much about the coaching. I don't know about Terrell Pryor. They got to sit him down and teach him how to throw the football. He needs to learn how to pass more. He's got to get these underneath guys free. He's got to he's got to learn to pass first and run second. This I think is his problem. I think he runs first and then he thinks about passing. I think he needs to stand there in the pocket for just a few seconds and try to launch the ball. Hey, he did it at Ohio State. So there's no reason he can't do it here. And, well, I'm hoping that he gets it together because, you know, with the passer rating he has, he's not going to be the quarterback here next season. We're going to draft somebody. 
Our next guest is one of the best blocking fullbacks in the history of the game. Go check out when he blocked for Ladinian Tomlinson, Eddie George, Corey Dillon, Warwick Dunn. These guys all had their best years when Lorenzo Neal was blocking for him, and he joins us now here on Buchner Town. Hello, Neal. How's everything going? What's happening, my guys, my brothers from another mother? What's buzzing, fellas? Well, you know what? We want to know where you weigh in on Terrell Pryor, because as my co-host here, Rick Buecher, just said, you're either in one of two camps. You're either in the, I like Pryor, I want to see more, he has a future, or you're in the camp, I've seen enough, this guy can't play quarterback at this level. What camp are you in? I don't think it's complex, but I think that one, I have seen enough of Terrell Pryor, the things that I think that he has a future. Do I think he has upside? A lot of it. Does he have potential? A lot of it. Does he does he struggle at times? Yes. Does he press at times? Yes. Does Eli Manning press at times? Yes. Does Tom Brady press at times? Yes. Drew Brees? Yes. We've seen, you know, all these prolific quarterbacks throw interceptions, have bad years, bad outings. But when I look at Toro Pyron, everyone says, can this guy play? He played in front of over 80,000 people week in and week out at the U when he played for, you know, the Ohio State. So has this guy played at a big stage, a bigger stage than he's playing at now? Absolutely. Ohio State gets way more fans than the Raiders. Their fan base is way more than, than the Raiders. So these guys, you got to realize, these college kids now, you saw the last week, Alabama and LSU, 100,000 fans, 40,000 still outside the stadium wishing they can get a ticket. So these young men now in college, they played in the big stage. So they have a lot of people that are watching them. So I don't think the stage gets too big. Here's what the listeners got to realize. Take Terrell Pryor. Look at the offensive line. Look at the receivers. Look at his running back. Look at it. You don't have Myers. Who, by the way, look what he has done for the, uh, you know, the Giants. Look at Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, all of a sudden, the Pro Bowl quarterback comes here. Can't get it done last year. How many points did they average with Carson Palmer, who's a prolific passer? Why has Arizona won three more games this year than they did last year? Why is the Raiders with only nine, you know, already playing ten games now? Why are they at the same record that they had last year? Can this guy play? People need to start really being a student of the game before they just go out on a limb and say this guy can't play. Look at the stats from last year. What did Car- you had Carson Palmer? who's been an all-pro, who goes to Arizona, who's having a better year. Have you thought about the line? Have you thought about not having Myers or tight end security blanket that Carson Palmer had last year? You talk about not having a McFadden, a go-to running back. McFadden's been hurt, hasn't really played. You're talking about not having Ford step up and make plays. You have Moore and Schreeder, two guys that are are they number one receivers? Then I had someone call and said, oh, well, look at what our guy's doing who left and went over to Indianapolis. What? Is he having a Pro Bowl year? He left the Raiders because people say he didn't have great hands. He's still not lighting it up in Indianapolis. Yeah, he's playing better. And he's a three. So I don't understand how everyone's so hard on prior. Peel back the onion. The defense, Tarver's done a great job with this defense. The defense is playing a lot better. Offensively, if you don't have Pryor, they don't win a game, Coach. They won these games because of Pryor's legs, the ability to get out of different situations. He's made some great throws under pressure, under duress. 
this offensive line has been – they haven't had a start in offensive line since preseason. And they're Low, just take, guys – take his make sense. Take his legs away from him. Can can Terrell Pryor at this point be uh, a threat, an effective quarterback, if he's not able to run the ball? I think he, I, I think for this offense, how was how was Carson Palmer last year because he couldn't run and get out of pressure with this offense? Put Peyton Manning in this offense and see if he has success. Put Tom Brady, Drew Brees in this offense today with these weapons. Guess what? They'd get killed. They wouldn't well, Carson, Carson still threw for a ton of yards last year. He threw for all kinds of yards. How many games did he win, Coach? It wasn't a good year, I can tell you that. <laughs> it wasn't a good year. Because it, because it comes down to wins and losses. How many interceptions did he throw last year here? How many more times did he throw the ball here last year? So you can throw for a ton of yards, and I get it. You can make numbers look anywhere you want. So I would love to debate these individuals who said they know football. Yeah, I'm not, it's, it's, for me, it's not a debate. I mean, look, uh, this team is still is still rebuilding. I what what is it that Ter- Terrell has shown you to this point that makes you think that he can be? What what are the elements in spite of the the lack of things around him? What is it that he does that you say this is why I believe that he can be your your franchise quarterback moving forward? I I, I think when you look at this guy. You have to put him in the same. If, if you if you're gonna doubt him, then doubt Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, all the other guys that are around the league who has way more weapons, by the way, than this guy. I think that he can throw the ball out of the pocket. If you watch the guy and just don't listen to the hype, everyone said, "Oh, he can't run left. Oh, he can't do this." Talk about what he can do. The guy can sit in the pocket. I've seen him throw the slam ball. You saw him throw the nine ball. He throws the big ball, the long ball. He can throw the long ball. Yeah, his mechanic sometimes gets away from him. But far as just saying, can this guy throw the ball? I think he can. I think when you look at this guy, you have to evaluate him at practice. That's when you have to have your GM and your coaching staff to say, let's watch Terrell Pryor in the pocket, sit in the pocket, and let's watch him go through his progressions at practice. Is he reading number one, coming to read number two and three? Is this guy doing that at practice? That's how I think he's going to have to be evaluated right now because the offensive line and the weapons around him aren't good enough right now to give him a true perspective of can this guy really, really play in this National Football League. My, 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 my evaluation thus far, I think this guy has a tremendous amount of upside. I think if you go draft a guy, let's just say he can't play. Let's go draft anyone you want to draft. And let's go draft, get the first pick in the draft and lose everything and we'll get a quarterback. If you put him in this with this offensive line and the weapons that he have now, you'll get the same kid hurt. You'll have another thing in and out with quarterback, a guy that wouldn't play through the whole season because this line is absolutely horrible right now. So don't tell, don't take my word for it. Go draft a quarterback in the first round and don't have the weapons. And what did you really do? This game was winnable, and we crapped on ourselves with penalties at the wrong time. Without those penalties... We could have got another couple field goals we, if we could held the Giants to a field goal. I mean, the whole game was that close. Bravo for them playing for 60 minutes, however. It wasn't a blowout, especially by an ailing Giants team that's you know trying to get back in the swing of things. They ain't going to see the Eagles. The Eagles are going to leave these guys behind because they are epic, and they're still kicking ass right now. So didn't make us look too terribly bad. Not too terribly. Well, that was the game. Um, 
I don't know what to say other than I'm glad the injury list is not too long, and I hope we get Valdir back pretty freaking soon. It would be nice to have him and as Wisniewski on the same line. Uh, that would bring us some magic, and Jennings would have an epic year. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, I guess we better mosey on down to Houston and play them there, Texans. That's right. It's the Raiders versus Moo. Them Texans. Let's get ready to root for our team. All you Texans, get up and scream. It's football time in Houston. And we're ready to play. Well, another AFC matchup, the Oakland Raiders travel to Houston to play the Houston Texans, who last year were on their way to a Super Bowl this year, they thought, with a myriad of issues. And I I really can't remember the last time I saw a team that was headed up come down so damn hard. They're 2-7. and seven. Their coach just had a stroke, and... They're being run by Wade Phillips. <laughs> it's the Twilight Zone. You're traveling through time and space. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only sight and sound, but of mind. There's a signpost up ahead. The next stop. The End Zone. Yeah, I hope Gary Kubiak recovers. It's never cool to have an issue like that. It's brutally um, worrisome, to tell you the least. So his, he doesn't need any extra stress. And going back to the team, maybe in this game might be the best game for him to return. He did talk to his team. He did tell them about his experience, and I have no doubt that that motivated these guys beyond belief. However, they are missing Arian Foster. They're missing uh, Cushing, which is, you know, one of their best uh, linebackers. Ed Reed got booted out of the team uh, today, by the way. So Ed Reed, uh, the sour-faced 35-year-old safety who was pretty damn good with the Ravens, is O-U-T out as well. They have a rookie quarterback in case, a good kid. He's got some great numbers, and he could definitely hurt the Raiders if they let D.J. Hayden play anymore in the defensive back position, please no. To say the Texans are struggling would be an understatement. At 2-7, and seven, they're just wondering what's going on with the same pretty much bodies in the locker room with a, a few key people missing. But to go 2-7 and seven after a season where you went 11 wins is, well, it's brutal. 
Listen, man, they have scored two touchdowns in the last seven games after the half. Two. John McClain covers the NFL and has uh, for over 30 years for the Houston Chronicle joining us here on 95.7 The Game. All right, let's let's talk about something other than Ed Reed. We've been talking about quarterbacks a little today, John, and and uh, the way that, that um, you know, we view Colin Kaepernick and we talk about Terrell Pryor quite a bit. Uh, what's been the view on, on Keenum uh, in a short amount of time, and, and is there great hope for him or still skepticism? Um, Case Keenum played the University of Houston. He set every NCAA record you could, and then he didn't get drafted. He was hurt, went to the combine, he ran, he threw, he didn't do well. He's 6'1", that's probably with his shoes on, in 205. And he didn't get drafted. He spent last year on the practice squad. He spent the first six games inactive. Texans were 2-1, and one, had Seattle down late in the third quarter, 20-3, to three, pushed Seahawks all over the field. Matt Schaub threw a pick six, and it sucked the life out of this franchise. And they were terrible in the next two at San Francisco and St. Louis where they got beat 76-13 to 13, and then 16. And then Gary Kubiak bypassed T.J. Yates, the backup, and went with Keenum. And they lost by one at Kansas City, by three to Indianapolis, and by three at Arizona. Keenum has seven touchdowns, no interceptions. I did a column today comparing his first three games with every quarterback in the NFL and the three greatest quarterbacks in Houston history, Dan Pastorini, Warren Moon, and Steve McNair. And he blows away those three in Houston and most of the others. People here go, well, he's 0-3. So were Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, and Alex Smith, and they were the first pick in the draft. Problem is, the Texans have scored only two offensive touchdowns in their second half of their seven-game losing streak. Two touchdowns. One of them was this past Sunday when uh, they forced a turnover at the five and Keenum threw a touchdown pass to Andre Johnson. The other one was mop-up duty against St. Louis. They have no running game. Arian Foster has not touched the ball since the first quarter of the Kansas City game, so Keenum has not had the luxury of Foster or their Pro Bowl tight end, Owen Daniels, and Ben Tate's playing with four cracked ribs. They shoot him up and wrap him up, but teams figure out, as the Raiders will, in the halftime, they can't run. And if you can't run in the system that Gary Kubiak has, then you can just get after the quarterback like crazy. And that's what teams have figured out in the second half. If the Raiders could get a quick start ahead and work quickly and score three or four touchdowns or 21 points, 23 points, however it goes down, I think the Raiders can win this game, too. Very winnable game. Very winnable. In their house, definitely if our team plays well without the penalties, and they should keep that fucking Khalif Barnes ass on the bench for this game. I mean, put the water boy in there on the line. I don't care. Menlik Watson needs to step it up a bit, too. That's another one of Reggie's boys. Yeah, his picks. Uh, don't get me started. The Oakland Raiders are in a good position here to play some great football. They can run the ball. The secondary of the Texans is decimated as well with injuries. They're falling apart over here. That's the truth. 
the Raiders should be able to pass the goddamn football, Terrell, to anyone more. Ford, hey, if Jacoby, you want to keep your job as a perfect game to get back in the good graces because you can do it in this game. Streeter, I expect big numbers from our wide receivers because I expect that our quarterback is going to have to pass the ball. That or we might see Matt McGloin. That might not be bad either. Shit, that could be exciting for the Raiders. Imagine if he wins the game in epic fashion, in Foles fashion. Huh, that would be a real twist <laughs> to the whole Raider team situation. I would love it and welcome it for show. We got our MVP is now with us, Rich Gannon, joins us every single Tuesday right here on Buker and Townie. How you doing, Rich? Guys, how are you this evening? Uh, Rich, we got a problem. We got the 49ers. I know it. They're ranked 32nd in the league in passing, then the Raiders are 31st. We've got issues here. Sounds like you need uh, Rich Gannon to come back and play for one of the Bay Area teams. But, guys, you're right. You know, let, let's start with the situation in Oakland. And, and Terrell Pryor, so much of his game is at the, at the waist down. And I think the teams have, have recognized that. I think teams have tailored their scheme to kind of get after him a little bit and really make him function as a pocket passer. And he's struggled a little bit. And, and when he's not able to run around and do those things, I think his his production, it, it goes down. Did did I just hear Rich Gannon do a Deion Sanders, Ricky Henderson refer to myself in the third person? Did I? Was that... <laughs> hey, I'll sign you up right uh, now, not, Rich. How I'm much you want? That, I'm not that vain. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, there's, a, there's a good chance because of Terrell Pryor's knee that we're going to see Matt McGloin uh, start for the Raiders this Sunday. I'm just wondering, as a, as a team, with where the Raiders are, where you're trying to keep everybody pulling on the rope and you've had some disappointment, what's it like looking at you're bringing in what is now easily your third-string quarterback to try to keep going in the right direction? Well, I, I disagree because I talked to Reggie McKenzie a couple of weeks ago, talked to Dennis Allen about Matt. They've been intrigued. I mean, you know, they drafted a, they drafted a kid out of, in, in the last, uh, you know, last spring's draft. He beats him out. Uh, Matt Flynn, uh, they felt good enough uh, about uh, McGloin from Penn State to, to you know, say, hey, look, we're going to move on from even Matt Flynn. So I think it speaks volumes about where this guy is. Uh, I think the fact that he spent a year with, with Bill O'Brien really helped him. Uh, he was a terrific, uh, you know, quarterback coach and, and, and uh, play caller. And I, I just – I think a lot of people are curious within the organization to see what this kid can do. And I think that when you look where the Raiders are at – Obviously, they're not going to make the, the playoffs. Uh, we know what we've gotten prior. I think you've got to take a look and see what this kid can do and give him some opportunities You know, in, in a handful of these games. So when you look at after the game against New York, Terrell Pryor was so down. I mean, basically whispering to reporters after the game and started talking about how bad his knee was. I wasn't making an excuse for his performance. I don't know. I didn't like it. But knowing what we know, would you start McGloin on Saturday? I mean, excuse me, on Sunday against Houston in Houston? I think it depends on where he's at in terms of, you know, the game plan. How much of it can he handle? What does he look like in practice? How comfortable do you feel with him? Uh, does he got does he have any chemistry at all with the receivers in the back? Can he go out there and function? Um uh, 
and, and you know give you guys a chance to win. You know that ultimately, guys, that's really what it boils down to. Who gives you the best chance of winning on Sunday? Is it a Terrell Pryor who's at uh, you know maybe seventy percent or seventy five percent or whatever wherever he's at, or is it is it the rookie? And you got to say you know what if it's the rookie. We've got to go with with the, with, the, with the young guy, and I, I think that you know, I, in fairness to Terrell Pryor, I would say this: he's not surrounded by a ton of talent. The offensive line is 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 average. They've had a lot of injuries and issues up front. Uh, you know, you get the whole issue with McFadden; he can't stay on the field. He hasn't been very productive. Tight end receiver situation is 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 average at best. And you say, you know, is that a fair evaluation of what Terrell Pryor can do? Hmm. And I would say it's not, but. Uh, I don't like the fact that um, you know you start saying the knee isn't right and look that that's that's not for public consumption. I think you simply say, hey, look, you know, you, you never use injuries as an excuse when you play that position. Uh, with Matt, we got to see him uh, at the end of the Eagles game uh, a couple of minutes. How much can we? Obviously, that's garbage time. How much can we take from that glimpse in terms of his? readiness or what he'd be capable of doing in 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 real time probably not a ton i mean you know it's you know it, it is regular season play i think you got to look at you know preseason got to look at the fact that he's taken you know this coaching staff has seen him every day in practice whether it's getting a couple a couple snaps each week with with the ones whether it's you know running scout team I think you're watching his arm, you're watching his mobility, you're watching his drops, you're watching his ability to interact with teammates, his ability to be a leader. Uh, you watch him in the weight room, you in the meeting rooms, uh, when you ask him questions out of practice or as, as it relates to the game plan, does he have, does he have the answers you're looking for? Uh, is he a guy that can, you know, retain information? Guys, I, I don't know a lot of fans are, aware of this, but with a guy like that, he probably gets quarterback tests. You know, he's probably on a Saturday morning when he comes into the facility, you got a good quarterback coach, you give this guy a test. You know, here, what are the top, you know, six protections this week? What are the top three thoughts in third and two to four? What are we, what are our thoughts in red? What are the alerts this week? What are our top three audibles versus an overload pressure? I mean, I want to find out, is this guy studying? Is this guy preparing? Is this guy doing the little thing that takes to be successful on Sundays. Well, I don't know what the point spread is, but I know we can win this game. It is a totally winnable game. That being said, the Raiders need to play 60 minutes of football. They need to pass the football again. Terrell Pryor needs to pass the goddamn football first and run second. And one more thing. Throw the ball away before you get sacked or you run out of bounds for an eight-yard loss. Come on, man. The guy's been in football long enough to know those lessons. He's not been progressing as fast as we thought at this point. Let's hope we see some changes in this here game, even if he plays. He should, but you never know with an MCL. It could be brutal. And, uh, well, you know, our season is changing. And I'm going to go on a rant because I haven't been on one in a damn long time. We all knew this team was going to be like this in training camp. We were all, we all questioned this team from the very get-go because of last year, because of the coaching buffoonery that went on last season. 
We had a lot of questions, and we didn't think we were going to go very far at all. And, well, lo and behold, we had some magical games. We had some magical moments, and in the games we've lost, there's been some magical moments. There's been some entertainment in the Raider Nation. Yes, indeed. More than I thought would be. Let's not confuse that with wins. Let's not confuse that with playoffs. Let's just do what we all thought we would do at the beginning of the season, which is see what players we'd like to keep, see who's putting it in, see how our team starts to gel. I think all those questions are starting to be answered for the Raider Nation. I think this is the kind of season that we start to see some change maybe towards the end. We'll see if this team sticks tight, stays together throughout the rest of the games because in years past, as you well know, the Raiders got down a few games and, you know, it looked pretty bad. It would be a folded-up season. We'd fold up like a cheap suit. I just don't see that here in this team. I agree with Allen that I like those men in that locker room. And I believe for sure that next season teams are going to be really concerned when they play us. I'm telling you right now, because if anything else, I think our defense will be freaking scary next year. Uh, and you could, you could put me down for that one and stick some money on that damn thing. I'm telling you. So I think we could beat these Texans. I hope we do because Randy and Lisa and uh, Crusader Raider and Raider Steve, Houston Raider Steve's all going to be in the damn house. They're all going to be having a good damn time. I'm Raider Greg's not going to be there. I'm going to be sitting my job. Boo-hoo. But anyway, I hope you guys have a good time. I know the Raider fan in Houston will definitely take care of the Raider Nation podcast. Carew, no doubt. And that is all I have to say about that. And I have one very special thing to add to our show. And I got to tell you this. The NFL has come out and said that no NFL team of all 32 will be allowed to move a franchise to L.A. without the express permission of the NFL. <laughs> that is damn funny. I think we already won that lawsuit. Yes, Al Davis kicked their ass on that very issue in Los Angeles. And to this day, I believe the Raiders own that market. And I know maybe that's why we haven't seen another team move there. I don't know. But there has been much speculation that some owner of unknown origin has been buying up property in the Los Angeles area in order to facilitate a stadium. What an interesting concept. If Mark Davis is doing it, he's got more of Al in him than I ever thought because this is ballsy and it's gutsy. So the NFL says that they would penalize a team, but I, I don't know, man. I think the Raiders have a legitimate legal right to make the move, as do the Rams. So both franchises, like I have said forever, have an opportunity to move back to Los Angeles. But it's interesting about the land-buying program and this little tidbit of news coming out uh, at this particular time with the rumors swirling that someone of unknown origin is buying land up in the Los Angeles basin somewhere where they can put a stadium. 
How very funny that is. Now that the NFL is going to get involved, what a trip it would be to see the Raiders in court against the NFL again. Oh, boy. More drama. You just got to love it. <laughs> okay, let's get to the bone line. One eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one one eight hundred six two zero seven one eight one. Get on the bone. www.radionationpodcast.com is where we are and where all your news would be if you were a fan. And you know what I mean. All right, who's the first caller? And our first caller is Midwest Oakland style Raider. What is happening, brother? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Midwest Oakland-style Raider. Man, I love what you guys do. Uh, living in the Midwest right outside of Chicago. Don't get a whole lot of publicity, except negative publicity, especially after that Eagles game. Just finished up listening to the podcast after the Eagles-Raiders game. Man, that was tough. I'll tell you what, became an Oakland Raider fan living in the Midwest. My buddy, a younger kid, just said, hey, watch this game. Raiders are going to have a bunch of penalties. They're going to injure a bunch of players. And uh, they're just die hard, go get them. That's how I became an Oakland Raiders fan. I was 14 years old, uh, off and on watching the Raiders. 10 10 10 was the first time I was able to witness Oakland Raiders beat the Chargers. Uh, I got married that day. 10 10 10, I got it recorded. Kind of the highlight of, my, uh, of me being a Raiders fan. So 10, 10, 10, uh, you know, at the reception ceremony, we was all out watching the Raiders uh, beat San Diego. First time I had ever witnessed uh, them beating them. Not that they hadn't beaten them before. I just hadn't been able to watch the game. But, uh, you know, just kind of putting stuff into perspective, reaching back, man. We, we, knew, we knew this was going to happen uh, beginning of the season. Uh, Raiders are rebuilding. You know, we, we hope uh, it gets better. Uh, but we're just putting stuff into perspective. Uh, being a Raiders fan as long as I have, we've we've had some 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 troubled times, man. And we've we've gone through a long period of, of not being very good, uh, not getting the publicity, uh, only negative. You know, all the sports channels, ESPN, uh, Sports Center, everything, you know, always negative about the Raiders. But uh, what makes this time different, and, and this is where we got to persevere. Something's got to change. Uh, that that Raiders loss, that you know, that destruction. Uh, that's no different from previous years when we, we got destroyed. But I'll tell you what, it's got to be different this time, and, and we, we have to persevere, and, and changes have to be made. When, when, uh, when the balls drop like that and, uh, and you get embarrassed at home, uh, changes have to be made. That's how we will all know that the Raiders are real and we mean business this time. You know, put, put DJ Hayden on a shorter leash. Uh, put in Adams if, if, you know, if he's not going to uh, you know, step up to the plate. Uh, you know, we can't be afraid to, if we draft somebody, uh, you know, be a man about it. And if it doesn't, you know, work out, then it doesn't work out. Get rid of them, move on. Let's not, let's not get, fall in love with the name. Let's not get in, fall, fall in love with the draft pick. Uh, if it doesn't work, be a man, step up and, and move on. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not, I'm not a big Dennis Allen fan, uh, not a big Olsen fan. Uh, I'm much like the rest of the people that a huge uh, John Gruden fan. If we could do that, that'd be that'd be the best the best case scenario. 
But, uh, you know, living in the Midwest, uh, all my kids is Raiders fans. Uh, you know, we, we call McFadden McFragile in, in our house. Uh, you know, he's, he's good, but I'll tell you, he just can't stay healthy. Can't stay healthy for nothing. And, uh, you know, as much as I love Fat McFadden when he's on, he, he's fired. But, you know, again, can't be in love with the name. Can't be in love with, with, with uh, you know, sparks of, of greatness. You know, we need consistency. We need somebody that's going to be on the field. We need to move on. I don't think Rashard Jennings is the uh, is the answer. I'm just as upset as everybody else about that game, about the whooping. Something's got to change. You can't take a butt whooping like that, you know, and can't drop the ball as much as we did. Uh, assignments were blown. Uh, All-around terrible defensive game. It's time to move on, uh, you know, quiet down the naysayers and, uh, you know, rise up and just say, you know, no more. Moving beyond it, so I uh, appreciate the time. Uh, we appreciate. I appreciate what you do, man. I l- love listening to the Raider Nation podcast. Gives me a chance to get my Raiders fix. Can't get it out here. Uh, not a whole lot of Raiders fans. Uh, you know, there's a few others scattered around. I represent hard enough uh, around here. That's why they call me Midwest Oakland Raider style. So much love to the Raider Nation. Uh, hope this makes it on. Uh, hope we shed some light on what we go through out here. Nick fragile, man. You let us down. You're out. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep bringing the good stuff. And uh, hold your heads high. Something's going to change. Mark my words. Oakland Raider, Midwest, out. That is what I'm saying is we knew who we were at the beginning of the season. We haven't changed a lot. You know, we're getting beat, but we're playing harder than I have seen in years. I like the effort. So I think we have a good building block here. We'll see what happens. I don't know about Allen, if he's going to survive or not. But I know this. We're getting better, and it's not a short process. We're getting better. That's all I got to say. Thanks for the call. And next we have my good friend, Autumn Wynn Williams, is up in the house. What is up? Don't tell me you lost your buzz, brother. Going on, Red Greg. This I'm Win Williams. Man, I, I'm purring right now, and it's fucking up my damn buzz. Look at these motherfuckers. I don't know what the hell is going on. Police bars, man. I want his ass gone. I want his ass gone so damn bad. I'm tired of the penalties and everything. It's it just making me mad, man. I, I can't stand looking at this. Over and over, every damn game, Raiders, they gain momentum. And then, next thing you know, man, they, they don't know what they're doing. This shit don't make no sense. I mean, at the beginning of the game, we, we had to fucking fumble. We, we, we gained a fumble, got a touchdown. We should have won this game easily. But, yeah, man, I, I, I'm fucking toasted right now. I, I can't even talk right now. So uh, I'm out. Go. Well, I guess it didn't totally ruin your buzz. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call, man. Yes, we should have won. And Khalif freaking Barnes must go. <laughs> he has more. I don't even want to know how many. I don't want to know because I know. It's too many.
And next we have the West Virginia Raider. And he's in good spirits, man, because the game ain't over yet. You know, like I said, we played hard. What's happening, bro? Randy, Greg, West Virginia Raider here. Hey, it's 20 to 14. We're up three minutes in the third. Don't know if we're going to win this game or not, but Leaf Barnes got to go. Well, Pryor just threw a pick. Great. Anyway, Khalif Barnes sucks. He's got to go. Somebody needs to bully his ass, get him out, fumble in the end zone, get to, get there, get there. That's out. Good. Anyway, hey, sorry about that. Uh, uh, Khalif Barnes got to go. He sucks. Love listening to you guys. Raider Greg, West Virginia Raider, out. Raider Nation. And yet another call for Khalif freaking Barnes. You got to go, bro. You just got to go. Gosh. And one of my very favorite callers, let me tell you, man, I ain't kidding. My friend Raider Steve in Vegas is a a very emotional, invested fan. I love this guy. What's up, Steve? Hey, Raider Greg. It's Raider Steve in Vegas. The Raiders just won a game they should or just lost a game that they should have won to the fucking Giants. They wasted every perfect opportunity they had. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but first of all, the Raiders' offensive line is total shit. Second of all, Pryor is not the fucking answer. I hate to say it. That's just the way it is. We need to draft a quarterback. Get his ass out of here. Shit's unacceptable. Fuck it. I'm done. That's it. That's it. I'm out. I know, Steve, there is way more than what you said right there. I know you wanted to say more. I know it because I know you, bro. Terrell Pryor, hey, man, he's slowed down in his progress. He must continue to move forward. That means getting that freaking football in the hands of anybody besides the other team. And with five TDs and 10 interceptions, man, I don't know. The jury's out. We'll see at the end of the year, man. But I think we should draft a QB. I've been saying it here for a little while. Thanks for the call, bro. And next, we have another Las Vegas resident. This is Aaron calling from the Sin City. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is Aaron calling from Vegas. Well, uh, after today's shit show, all I got to say is uh, Terrell Pryor needs to get his shit together. I'm fucking tired of this bullshit. I hope things turned around, but it's not looking good right now. It is horrible. I'm so pissed. I'm so, so, so pissed. Something needs to come up for us. This play calling is bullshit. Greg Olson, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's horrible. We need to get our shit together. Or get another top five pick for sure. I'm pissed. This game was looking good, but our offense, horrible. Khalif Barnes is fucking, fucking up. He needs to go. I'm sorry, he needs to go. I'm pissed. It's horrible. Terrell Pryor, get your head out your ass, man. Fuck this shit, man. That's it, I'm out. Peace. 
Well, if I were a betting man, I would bet that the majority of the Raider Nation thinks that Khalif Barnes blows. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Khalif, you got to pack a bag, partner. You got to get out. And Pryor, you're going to be right behind him if you don't continue to improve, man. You're just going backwards, and I'm not liking it. Thanks for the call, brother. And next we have Tyrone Rada. What is going on, man? Don't be depressed. Think about preseason. What's up, man? What's going on, Raider Nation? This is Tyrone Raider. And um, I'm depressed watching this fucking Giants game. And I'm still fucking depressed from last week's fucking game with the Eagles and shit. And um, I think the season is just about done for us. Um, let's get a new head coach. Let's get a new OC. Uh, Terrell Pryor, he's up for grabs. I don't know. We should get another quarterback. Again, we got a, an offensive line that can't block. So I just want to give a big shout-out to the Northwest Raiders Booster Club. Later T-Bone over there at Exotic Metals. Uh, Raider Ken. And uh, my father, Raider Charles. So... Let's just keep supporting our team. You know, it just makes me want to have more pride in my Raider Nation when I walk down the street because we're going through some tough times and we're still representing, you know. We're not like these Seacock fans jumping on the bandwagon and crap, representing when they're fucking playing good. But don't worry, when they start losing, you'll see a lot less of them. So anyway, just much love to my uh, Raider Nation family and um, let's keep supporting them and let's... uh, Look forward to this game with the Dallas Cowboys. And let's uh, eat some turkey. All right, you guys. I believe we'll get a top five pick. That's my prediction. It was my prediction in the earliest part of the year. So I was hoping for different. It looked good. But here we are. So, look, we should draft a quarterback if he's there. If he's the best guy for the position, then let's get a quarterback. I know it's starting over. If Pryor doesn't continue to improve, what are we going to do? Perhaps there'll be quarterbacks available. Perhaps there'll be serviceable quarterbacks that will do well behind a very much more improved offensive line next year. I don't know. We shall see. And the Northwest Raider Booster Club, full show. Great people there, man. Let me just shout out to Peggy Holmes who is the gal there at the D.C. Metro Raiders Boosters right there where New York we just played, hostess with the mostest. She takes care of business over there. I just want to shout out to her, Peggy, and all the booster clubs all over, man. I've been to them, Tennessee, Miami. I mean, there's booster clubs all over. That's where the Raider Nation goes, and it's, it's, a, it's a magical thing, man. It's magical. And next, we have Raider Big Raider Yokes in the house. What's up, man? What's up, Raider Greg? It's Big Raider Yokes. These fucking Raiders. These fucking guys are killing me. Just fucking horrible, man. This is just... I mean, we're not getting any better. It's the same old freaking shit. B.A. saying the same fucking crap. We're running the same fucking plays. This is 
fucking pathetic, man. I think we might need to fucking bench prior and fucking let McGloin fucking start next week, dude. This is just fucking embarrassing, man. I can't even wear my Raider shit. This is just, it's fucking killing me right now, okay? Same old shit every week. Same fucking play calling, same fucking mistakes, fucking. I don't know what the fuck Cleve Barnes is doing, you know? This is just killing me. Man, this shit is killing me, man. I don't know what you guys are saying, but fuck, man. This shit has to change. You know, somebody needs to fucking wake up, man. Big Raider Yokes, and I'm out. I couldn't have said it better myself, bro. Somebody needs to wake the fuck up <laughs> in the Raiders organization. Yeah, well, come on, man. We knew it was going to be tough. I'll say this, though. Unlike last year, this team plays with heart. It plays harder than a team I've seen, well, in many years, really. So, you know, there's we lost. Yeah, that blows. Yeah. And we probably need a new quarterback. We need an O-line. We did a lot of things. But as a team, I kind of like these guys, honestly. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is Raider Carter from Kentucky. What is up, my man? Hey, this is Raider Carter calling in from Kentucky. Just want to say I got to watching that Giants game yesterday, and I I don't even know what the fuck to say anymore. I mean, I'm just completely defeated. I just don't. Our, every one of our coaches are fucking stupid as fuck. Maybe, maybe Pryor's knee injury was a little bit more serious than he was letting on. There's a couple of plays where he just kind of just fell over. I mean, he just didn't give a fuck. I don't know. Whatever. He He's... But you can see now teams are starting to figure him out a little bit more when he takes off. They're watching him run to the right, and they're not letting him do that nearly as often. I don't even know. This, I, I just I just don't even know what the fuck to say anymore. Every fucking week, we fucking suck. Worse. I mean, we just leave it to the Raiders to let the whole NFC East look like the fucking best fucking division in football now. We've let every one of them stomp all over us, except the Cowboys, which I have no doubt will do that as well. I can't wait till the end of the season when we fucking let McFadden go. He's been a complete waste since day one. I don't he has not done jack shit the entire fucking time. I'm still holding on to Pryor, hoping he'll fucking learn to throw a fucking football or something. I don't I don't even know what the fuck to say. This is a fucking complete fucking I don't give a fuck who says it's a rebuilding year. It's never a fucking rebuilding year. It's been a rebuilding year since two thousand and fucking two. We have just flat sucked in forever. How the how the fuck do the Chiefs, who go for two wins last year, pick up a QB and just a, a coach, just those two positions, and now they're 9-0? I mean, fuck, the Raiders haven't been 9-0 since I don't know when. We haven't fucking won nine games since. I have no clue. And, oh, my God. Every one of our coaches fucking blow. They, they should all just get canned at the end of this year. Allen doesn't give a fuck. He just looks like, hey, we knock it out, coached again. Good job, other team. You know, that's how it goes. And I'm completely fucking sick of us getting up ahead of a team. And then I don't know what happens. Everybody's just like, hey, Pryor, take it easy. Whoa, whoa. Don't do anything crazy. We haven't, every game we've won has been barely. It's just barely we squeezed out the three wins we have. And that's sad. It's just been sad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Fuck it. Whatever. Peace. And my best quote is, fuck it, whatever. Peace. 
Hey, man, I, the whole nation feels you, man. Listen, we all feel what you are saying. <laughs> That's why I love the bone line. I love it. I love what's what's happening. The nine wins that Kansas City has, more wins than we've had in forever. Fuck yes. When's the last time the Raiders won nine games in a row? I can't remember. But it's been a while. I would like to win three games in a row. That's how desperate I am. Look, man, yes, rebuilding, it's bullshit. And yes, with one quarterback, a decent quarterback and a good coach, just goes to show you, man, listen, it's not all smoke and mirrors. Uh, the coaching carousel is a real situation, happens every offseason. We just, you know, maybe Allen isn't the guy. I don't know. I know I'm not going to have a choice in it. I know we're going to have to just watch and see because he's McKenzie's guy and whatever. But we all knew, listen, everybody was pissed. Think about it. We all knew that at the beginning of the season, it was going to suck really bad. And we didn't know we we're going to win one damn game. And then we started to play pretty decent football. At least competitively, we were competitive. And our defense has improved. Look, if you look at the team from this year to years past, I mean, five years, just go back five, it is, it is hands down much more competitive, much more driven, and much more no quit than I've seen in the last six seasons for sure. So, you know what? We got a game coming up against the Texans. A very winnable game. This could be our fourth victory of the year. Let's hope we could pull out a couple more wins. I would certainly hate to think that we would go the rest of the season blanked. But it's happened before, like last season. So I just don't see that repeat. I see more in this team than I did last year. So let's just look forward. Let's beat the Texans and have some damn uh, barbecue. And you know what I mean by that. I am Murder Greg, and I am out. <laughs>